0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman, and I'm joined by James Heal and John Curtis. Now, both of you have been up for most of the night covering the two by-election results uh, we've had. We've had Wellingborough and Kingswood, which have both returned Labour MPs. James, just give us a rundown of those two results.
1: Sure. So first, the result we got was Kingswood, uh, where Labour's Damien Egan won with a majority of 2,500. Uh, last time, this seat was up was in 2019, and the Tories won it by more than 11,000. So this was a, a reasonably safe uh, Conservative seat, and uh, that's now gone to Labour. But the worst result of the night was Wellingborough about an hour later, which was an absolutely abysmal result for the Conservatives. Um, you know, Labour's Jen Kitchen won it with 13,000, almost 14,000 votes. And uh, this is, of course, in a seat where last time in 2019, the Conservatives won about 62% of the vote. So a huge, huge swing. Uh, the second biggest such from Conservatives to Labour since the Second World War Apart from Dudley West, uh, just after Tony Blair was elected in 1994, so um, so the key to question is, of course, is about that swing from the Conservatives to Labour. Uh, Kingswood, the swing was about sixteen and a half percent. Wellingborough is about twenty-eight and a half percent swing, and then alongside those two big results. There's also some other subplots going on. So the question is about the Tory vote in Wellingborough collapsing, because not every voter obviously went to Labour. Also reform getting double digits in both Wellingborough and and Kingswood as well. And so really over the weekend, the Conservative Party is going to be thrashing out its response to these by-elections and where it goes next.
0: John Curtis, the initial response from party chair Richard Holden has been that these are typical midterm by-elections where the electorate knows that the government's not going to change, so it wants to give them a bit of a kicking. Does that hold? Is there actually something in these results that tells us where we're going to be heading for the general election?
2: Well, number one, could I just gently point out that we're no longer in the midterm of this parliament. We are now towards the fag end of this parliament, And if you take the kind of view that Mr Holden has done, you would also go on to say that by this stage, the government should be demonstrating signs of recovery, uh, both in the opinion polls and in the by-elections. And at present, both are still lacking. Uh, That's point one. Point two, sure, more generally, by-elections can be difficult for governments. But they're proving to be particularly difficult for this government. The last time that we saw a government lose as many by-elections, they've lost nine, but they did gain one in Hartlepool. The last time a government managed to lose eight by-elections, you're looking at the Parliament of 1992 to 1997, and it's already been pointed out, when is the last time that we had a swing on anything like the scale that we had in Wellingborough? It was in the 1992 to ninety-seven Parliament. In other words, if we, even if we compare by elections with by elections, which I fully agree is what you should do, and by elections may well exaggerate the extent of the uh, Conservatives' difficulties, but even by that criterion, a the Conservatives are doing badly and are continuing to do badly following on from last year, and b uh, historically at least the consequence or the what's followed by-election performances of that regularity of poorness has been electoral defeat in the next election. Now, of course, history is not bound to repeat itself. But shall we say the Conservative Party now very, very clearly has to buck the trend and needs to do so very, very rapidly if it is going to avoid what at the moment is rather beginning to look like writing on the wall.
0: James, let's talk about reform in Wellingborough. The Conservatives and Labour have tried to play down the performance, but naturally Richard Tice, the party's leader, has, has been saying that this shows, this result shows that reform is a serious threat to the Conservatives. Are we going to see Conservative MPs in a panic over the next few days
1: about reform? We certainly are, and you can already see the battle for the narrative beginning to play out. Jacob Rees-Mogg, whose seat is going to be slightly affected by the changes to Kingswood, so another part of the country, in the West Country, uh, was already out this morning suggesting that the reform threat was one to take seriously, and there's a lot of people in, say, Kingswood saying that if you add the reform vote along with the Conservative vote, you would have won that seat narrowly over Labour. But in terms of the Wellingborough result, yeah, it's the best result the reform have had, 13%. At last, they finally hit double digits after, you know, fluttering to deceive for a bit of a while, and they've been pulling back 10 points uh, since November, so they'll be pleased they've got that. But I do think this was at the lower end of expectations for reform. You're not going to get many seats more fertile territory than Wellingborough, which, of course, in 2015, uh, when Nigel Farage was at his pomp, UKIP won 19.6%, almost 20% came second in that seat. Uh, And this was a seat where, you know, there was a sizable kind of right-wing vote. It was, um, it's obviously been held by the Conservatives since 2005. Uh, And so I think that, yes, they got 13%, but equally they put Ben Habib in there. They put dozens of campaigners in there, unlike the Conservatives who didn't really have much of a presence in Wellingborough. So they'll be pleased with it, but equally, I mean, John will obviously have the facts and figures at his fingertips, but it looks on this basis as though they're not really going to win a seat seat when it comes to the general election. Um, that said, of course, I think if they poll around 8% of the vote, they can still win about, th- they can still cost the Conservatives around 30 seats or so. Um, but it's more probably more noise. And I was just the, the blunt fact is that the Conservatives probably should be more worried about those Conservative to Labour switches than Conservative reform. Um, that being said, I suspect we'll see a lot of attention on reform in the weeks ahead, particularly running up to that budget uh, and the talk about tax cuts on March 6th.
0: John, do you agree that if there is a lot of attention on reform, it it may actually be uh, about the impact it has on the Conservative Party's policies rather than the the possibility of the party actually winning a seat?
2: Oh, sure. The the, the threat from reform does not, I think, realistically lie in it being able to win seats. Uh, Its aim is indeed to push the Conservative Party in its direction, through the potential threat that the reform may pose to the Conservatives' ability to fend off the challenge for Labour, now one of the, th- the, the perhaps the one and only thing, significant thing that has changed since the Liz Truss debacle is that the destination uh, is the destination of twenty nineteen Conservative voters who have defected from the Conservatives. So, if you look at the position back, back then in the autumn of twenty twenty two, the Labour Party was definitely the principal. Party gaining votes from the Conservatives. Now, however, and this is contrary to Sikir Starmer's narrative for every one person who's going from Conservative to Labour, there is another one going from Conservative to Reform. In other words, the problem for the Conservatives is that they're now fighting a battle on two fronts um, because they're losing votes to Reform and they're losing votes uh, to Labour. The net effect is they just are are at risk of losing more seats. Uh, to uh, the Labour Party. And the crucial thing to bear in mind in here is that you know, even if reform are at 5, percent remember the Brexit Party did not fight in Conservative held constituencies in 2019. Richard Tice is determined that the Reform Party should fight in Conservative held seats this time around. So anything the reform party gets in conservative held constituencies is extra and you know all the polling evidence at the moment is that well yes maybe there are some people who might otherwise switch to Labour but it's going to do the, D- the Conservatives more damage than Labour and therefore it increases the risk of the Conservatives uh, losing seats to Labour. Uh, can I say one other thing about you know how do you respond to reform because there may be, a, there may be an important lesson here for the Conservative Party reform that the takeoff reform all not doesn't quite correspond but it's very closely corresponds with the decision of the government to focus on the issue of immigration and i have to say to you that hitherto if you start doing the kind of analysis that i think you have to do to understand why the conservative party are where they are which is what is the relationship between people's evaluations of a policy area and they're probably defecting from the Conservatives. Until last December, there was no relationship between how unhappy people were about immigration and whether they were actually defecting from the Conservatives. It was almost as though it was a bite your lip issue. Yep, there were lots of Conservative voters who were unhappy about immigration, but on its own, that wasn't going to tip them away from the Conservative Party. But in December, there were beginning to be signs in the polls that that was no longer the case. And lo and behold, reform start doing better. In other words, by focusing on a policy issue, which is very difficult to resolve, and on which so far many uh, people you who know, voted Conservative in 2019 think the Conservative Party has failed, it may well be that actually the Conservative Party has helped reform and created a problem for itself, and that the answer to reform isn't necessarily to highlight the agenda that reform itself is trying to highlight because that potentially gives the oxygen of publicity to reform rather than necessarily squashing it. It may well be that dealing with reform re- needs to re- re- requires rather more nuanced and subtle thinking by the Conservative Party than perhaps some of those on the right of the Conservative Party are minded to engage in.
0: James, just finally, it's, it's been quite a week for both Labour and the Conservatives. Neither have had a particularly enjoyable experience. Who's had the better week?
1: (laughs) It's probably more about the least worst week, isn't it? And, uh, you know, like with the polls, you know, uh, who is the least uh, worst party for voters? Um, Probably on the whole, I'd say that, I mean, it's probably a score draw. I'm going to go for football analogy. Clearly, obviously, I think the most damaging thing for Rishi Sunak is the news about the recession. In that, that kind of is, shoots the main fox, as John has been talking about. There, immigration is probably not been as successful for the Conservatives they'd like it to be. I'd say that you know, Labour obviously had the 28 billion in Green, um, 28 billion row, and then the Rochdale row. But I think clearly questions around that, and the narrative has kind of obviously been forgotten now as long as Keir Starmer keeps winning these impressive results like he has done those questions about his leadership and debates etc are going to be put to bed it's a bit like before 2010 when the Conservatives were cheered every time David Cameron went ahead of the polls uh, but then as soon as he sort of looked like he was slipping then they were on him so I think that as long as he maintains quite a, an imperious margin in the polls he will be fine Richard Sunak these results were kind of expected you know and the, the whole argument CCHQ almost wanted to say was it was all priced in they didn't really try it's a bit like at school you know if the kid doesn't try you know and he comes Bottom of the class in test. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. So there's a bit of that. Maybe, probably on the whole, I'd give it. Discussing it over. Probably slightly, it's been a worse week for Rishi Sunak, but uh, neither have had the best week. So though Labour ends on a triumphant high,
0: thank you, James. Thank you, John. And thank you for listening.